This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This will be episode number 65, the topic of which is going to be Out of Your Own Mouths You Condemn Yourselves. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I amen. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. So, the topic that I just referenced is actually a line from the Gospels where Jesus is excoriating the Pharisees. And for those of you who don't know, excoriating just means he's dogging out the Pharisees for their lack of unbelief. Bottom line, he was dogging them out because he was performing miracles. He was giving them God's literal wisdom and through whatever reasons that they might have had personally, they were not recognizing the true God's truth in them. And since he was God himself, free to draw your own conclusions. Now, the reason I'm doing this episode 
is that there there's a Catholic and when I say Catholic I a pre-Vatican II Catholic teaching about guarding what comes out of your mouth because if you're not careful you may end up doing what Jesus told the Pharisees they were doing um by their own words, they were condemning themselves. And when he told them, you know, out of your own mouths, you're condemning yourselves, he was basically telling them, whether you know it or not, you're, you, you are literally witnessing against yourself because you are denying God himself. The larger point about this topic is um, a lot of people who consider themselves quote-unquote Christian condemn themselves unknowingly. Unknowingly. And what I mean by this is, and a lot of it has to do with ignorance, but a lot of it also has to do with sloth. Because if you consider yourself a Christian, but you don't even know that the term Christian came from around the early first century out of the town of Antioch where not the Catholics themselves had started calling themselves Christians but the, 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 the people in the surrounding area started calling them Christians because in Greek um, and don't ask me to pronounce the Greek term for it the translation into English was little Christ ones and they were such faithful followers of Jesus Christ's message that they called them um, little Christ ones. They, they were so, uh, so much in fervor for living the, the Christian or Catholic life. And as I said on the earlier episode, that the terms Christian and Catholic have been corrupted. So, a lot of times when a person says that they're Christian, or a lot of times when they say that they are Catholic, they are not, but they're speaking out of error. But if you do not, if you consider yourself a Christian and don't know that, that, um, you know, my question would be, why don't you know this? Why don't you know this? If you do not, if you're not aware, if you consider yourself to be I'm going to do a two for here because a lot of non-denominationals claim that well, we're not Baptist, we're not we're not Presbyterian, we're not Assemblies of God, therefore we're not Protestants. And a young man I spoke with not too long ago, maybe about a month ago, I tried telling him, because he, he told me this, and I said, well, does your church teach that you only follow the Bible? Does, it, does your church teach that you interpret the scripture for yourselves, that there is no other higher authority than yourself to 
interpret, and once again, this is people condemning themselves out of their own mouths, what they call God's itinerant word. And all itinerant means is, is God's truth itself, or what in uh, traditional Catholic terms would be known as God's infallible truth, meaning it cannot be contradicted. Now, if you as a Protestant really respected what you call God's truth, literal truth, number one, how can you pick and choose out of the Bible what you will and will not follow? But number two, how is you, a mere human, can interpret for yourself what God himself has written. Now since I've yet to get any comments on my Telegram page, um, I'm not going to address some of the objections that I'm, I'm pretty sure that if a hardcore Protestant were to listen to this, he, he would have in his mouth. But if, if indeed you respected God's word, his, his truth itself, as you claim to, how can you take on the authority to interpret for yourself? Now, um, some people, and I'm an ex-Protestant and an ex-Vatican II member, so I'm a little familiar with some of the way people think, might say, well, I don't interpret. I, I go by what Pastor Jim Bob says. Well, how do you know that Pastor Jim Bob is 100% infallibly correct? That he's got God's literal infallible truth in his mouth? How do you know this? For a certainty. Um... And while I'm on the Bible, and believe me, Protestants, I'm not going to be picking on you for the whole episode, but that leads me to um, that leads me to your Bible. Your Bible has 66 books. The Catholic Bible which was the original Bible, has 77, I believe. Well, no, I'm sorry, 72? 71 or 72? Now, I want to ask you the following questions. If you do not know that the Catholic Bible came first, if you do not know that the leader... Oh, and I want to get this out here before I forget... You non-denominational types, if you practice Bible alone, interpreting Scripture on your own, the priesthood of all believers, meaning nobody's better than you, and um, faith alone, if your quote-unquote church practices this, but you are not aware that the founder of Protestantism actually taught these things Lutheranism why don't you know this um, to go back though about the Bible if you're not aware that the Catholic Bible was the original Bible and that Martin Luther when he he, he was a Catholic monk because back then, your only choice choices were Eastern Schismatic Orthodox or Catholic if you lived in Western Europe. And you do not know that Martin Luther was a Catholic monk who took vows to God and broke those vows by marrying a nun and got her to break her vows. And he took the seven books out of the Bible. Why are you not aware of this? Why are you not aware of this? And by the way, I'm not playing a gotcha game. 
I said I was former Protestant. I had to do a lot of reading to understand that Protestantism, well, and, and I'm going to say that the grace of God, obviously, um, to, to recognize the, the errors of Protestantism, the out and out heresies. If you, by the way, if you do not know what the term heresy means, why don't you? But I'm asking these questions, like I said, not as a gotcha. These are questions that, you know, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you should be asking yourself. I don't think it's an unreasonable question. If in that same Bible that you claim is God's itinerant word, and you believe in the priesthood of all believers, in other words, you know, your pastor is as good as you are. What about in your New Testament where it talks about bishops, presbyters, overseers, and bishop and overseer are basically the same thing. And a presbyter is just a Greek word for priest. If you're not aware that, um, that the Bible in printed form did not come about, and when I say printed, I mean on a literal printing press, did not come out for about 20 or 30 years before Luther revolted from the Catholic Church. And that in order for an average believer to own a Bible, that it, it, they would have to pay an astronomical sum at that time to get a copy if they were blessed enough at all to be have the opportunity. If you're not aware that the majority of Christians um, were illiterate, which is why in older, and when I say older, I'm talking Middle Ages and before, Catholic churches had stained glass windows. A lot of people, you know, these are beautiful works of art, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they say, oh, it's got pretty images. This was meant for the illiterate peasants that would attend their Mass. They could look at the Mass, they could listen to the homily and whatever teachings they got from their priests, and say, oh, the Lamb of God, yeah, that Jesus said that in uh, one of his Gospels. But um, they did, they absolutely had, you know, they were illiterate. They could neither read nor write. They couldn't, in, in a lot of cases, they couldn't even sign their own names. So expecting them to read a Bible without kind of any kind of instruction at all is ridiculous. Not to mention historically inaccurate. If you do not understand that interpreting Scripture and interpreting your own beliefs has always been around, if you're not aware that That um, in the New Testament itself, but not only in the New Testament, if you read the church fathers, they tell you that if you do not listen to the priests and the bishops above you and the teachers that are helping you to learn the new faith, and that you're not allowed to freelance and believe what you want to believe, why don't you? If you are not aware that um, 
uh, if you're not aware, basically of the church fathers, why aren't you? And when I say the church fathers, I'm talking about um, because the church is Catholic, which raises another point. If you do not know that the original church is Catholic, why don't you? But if you're unaware of who the church fathers are and the important, their importance, why don't you? And by the way, don't be lazy. I beg of you, don't be lazy and look it up on Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, people get to make up what they want, you know, what they want people to believe. Get get an actual book and for you Protestants out there, there are two authors that I can't recommend enough. One is Rodney Stark, who is a professor. Um, he's a Protestant prof uh, professor who writes histories of church history. And I'm looking up the other guy. He is also a Protestant who became Vatican II Catholic, which is unfortunate. Lord willing, he, he will uh, recognize that that's an error. I'm looking up the name as I speak because I've downloaded a couple of his books to my Kindle. Sorry, guys. Oh, Rod, Rod or Rob Bennett. And I'll put their names in the show notes. Rob or Rod Bennett. And if you are, if you are unaware of what you guys call the Reformation, which true Catholics call the Protestant Revolt, the history, the three main branches, actually there were four or five main branches, but if you're unaware of the Protestant Revolt and its history and the theology behind it, why aren't you? If you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ and you truly believe that the Catholic Church is evil and corrupt, but all you go, all you got to go by is some blog you've read or some Protestant quote unquote preacher on YouTube is saying. Why? And the reason I'm asking this question, once again, I am not trying to be um, snarky. I am not trying to play a gotcha game. It's a, it's a legitimate question. If you take Jesus Christ seriously, why don't you know more about your faith? You know, um... And this goes back to what I'm talking about when out of your own mouths, or I should say out of our own mouths, we condemn ourselves. I want to stress I'm former Protestant, I'm former Vatican II sect member, but I do not hold myself any higher than any of you guys. As far as I'm concerned, God gave me the grace to recognize the errors of the sects that I was in and move me to where I'm at now. But I do not consider myself any better 
or any more holy um to to put it in blunt terms i feel like i'm just a ignorant layman who is trying to follow the will is the will of jesus christ as best as he understands it and this is said mostly for people who may be listening to this new who haven't listened to my previous episodes it is um you know if 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 you're one of my regular listeners uh you've heard me say this ad, ad nauseum i do not make any special claims for myself i do not consider myself a saint in the catholic sense of the term or a prophet in the protestant or generalized christianity view of the term i'm merely trying to do the best i can with god with what god has given me and with his grace and his blessed mother's grace i will get there and by the way for you protestants if you do not understand why even the vatican II sect members have a devotion to mary if you do not understand that and you just write it off as some paganized some pagan um error on the part of catholics or um a misinterpreting of christian doctrine and you don't understand by reading actual catholic sources mind you why they have this devotion i would ask you again why don't you know this now in the past i have been harsh on the set of accountants in my audience and for those of you who may be new a set of accountants is a pre-vatican II catholic yeah obviously they're not 80 years old but i'm i'm saying they believe that the pre-vatican II catholic church is the one true church of god and that the vatican II council is an error not well no, not just an error but a heresy and anything that comes out of it is not the true catholic religion but anybody who is familiar knows that i'm pretty hard on that and the lord has led me and and actually i've been pretty hard on the vatican II sect i've said pretty much the same thing to them but the lord has put it upon me to ask protestants the same question it, once again i got to go back to the topic out of your own mouth you condemn yourself st paul i believe it's in the first corinthians the letter of first corinthians states that you need to be able because you got to remember they were living in a pagan society at that time that you should be able to give an explanation for your belief now when he's saying explanation he's not talking about well when when the praise and worship music is playing i feel the spirit of god in me and it just makes me want to hug everybody and give everybody um love and kisses it's not talking about feelings he's talking about an intellectual defense of why you believe what you believe and i've stated in previous episodes when i was a protestant the first protestant church i attended they always hammered home and this was god's providence this was god's will the whole way 
your faith is not about your feelings. Which they're right. It's not. It's not about your feelings. It's about your intellect and giving your intellect not only to God's truth, but to His will. Now, because Protestantism is subjective, meaning that whatever you think you know or whatever you feel is your truth at that time, you have at least 40,000 recorded different sects within Protestantism, but having been a former Protestant living in America, even within those sects, you talk to the average believer, they're not even united in what they believe. You know, and I suspect since a lot of Protestant quote-unquote churches are miniature cults of personality, they're not united necessarily. They may be united by various beliefs, but I think what makes them a quote-unquote church is they're united in the belief that Pastor Jim Bob is, um, that he's the mouthpiece of God. To put it crudely. As far as I know. No, I don't I don't want to go there. I'm just gonna put it bluntly. Look in the New Testament and tells me, tell me where you find that. You, you are not supposed to be united by doctrine and faith and the Spirit of God. You, you tell me where, where it doesn't say that. Because I've read this, the New Testament and it does, St. Paul, not just St. Paul, you know, um, St. Uh, Timothy, St. James, St. Peter, and St. John all talk about it too. So there should be no dissension amongst you. And I know that there's a lot of Protestants floating under the delusion of this generalized Christianity where, oh, well, we believe that Jesus died for our sins and all that call upon his name will be saved. That's general Christianity. Once you go below that surface, you got 40... Well, I, I don't know what the numbers on Protestantism is, but every Protestant is as different as every individual. So they're united by a vague, generalized belief. Not truth, belief. But nothing else. So, just like with the Vatican II people, just like with the Sedvacantes, or true Catholics as I call them. Even if you think the, church, the, the, the Catholics are a bunch of pagans worshipping a pagan goddess, why don't you know more about your faith? And... Like I said, or I'm sorry, the topic which came out of the Gospels, Jesus was telling the Pharisees, out of your own mouth you condemn yourself. Because you are all supposed to be united in Christ, but not in a generalized sense. Not in a, well, everybody who believes that Jesus died for their sins is a Christian. Any cold reading of the New Testament will tell you 
that that's not right. That St. John in particular talks about false teachers. That St. John in particular talks about that you're supposed to be united in faith. And when he's talking about faith, he's talking about in a infallible doctrine. Um, and if you are a Protestant who happens to stumble upon this episode cold, I have done at least four episodes. I'm pretty sure it's been more where I've outlined my journey from a stone-cold pagan to a Protestant to a Vatican II sect member to a true Catholic, where I talk about these things uh, in my own spiritual life. Now, we are, we are all individuals, but I am 95% certain that any Protestant who listens with an open mind will see through my story some of the same experiences that they may have had you know in their own Protestant um, life And just as a disclaimer, I'm not a big fan of this, but it is necessary. If you are a Protestant who's new to this podcast, and you listen to my three-part series on the heirs of Protestantism, and it seems a little harsh, if you are unaware Certain wise Protestants will talk about spiritual maturity. When I made those episodes, I was not at the same place where I am now, hence the different tone. However, I will also state that I can be harsh at times, but I try to keep that to a minimum. And generally when I'm harsh... It's either, it, there is a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind everything I do on this podcast. There are two reasons. Number one, either to try to wake up the shell shot. Or number two, because I am... See... I don't want to use the term upset because upset in, in modern day terminology, a lot of people hear that word and they're like, okay, he's, he's talking about his fifis. I'm not talking about my feelings. Um, when, oh, well, offended too. And you know, this is this is how modern society corrupts everything it touches. I'm offended if if, if I if I get harsh. I'm offended, not in a feelings based way, but in a loving God and His blessed Mother in His one true truth way about some error or heresy that is being spouted. That goes against God in his revealed religion and his blessed mother, no less. So, and any time, any time that You, anytime you go against God's revealed truth, you are condemning yourself. You are. 
Um, I hope and pray that the wise among you, that the Holy Ghost reaches you and gives you the blessing to re-examine your belief systems. Because if you love Jesus Christ, and mainly talking about Protestants, because I've already taken the set of Vacantists and the Vatican II sect the task for the very same thing, then searching for his, his truth and closer union with him should be your number one priority. And basically, because I do realize as humans we fall into this air, that um, during my episodes I will sometimes say, well, this is aimed at Sedevacantus, this is aimed at the Vatican II sect. If you are a Protestant, and for that matter, if you're a Sedevacantist or you're a Vatican II sect member, don't just listen to the stuff relating to Catholicism. Listen to the stuff of Protestantism. Because the same thing applies to you as well as the Protestants. If you are truly seeking God's truth, you've got to know all sides of the story. And why Protestantism is wrong. Why Vatican II is wrong. And why the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church is, is Jesus Christ. Revealed religion. So, what I was going to say to my Protestant, you know, to the Protestants who may come across this cold and not have listened to any of my prior stuff, listen to the stuff that I talk about with Catholics. Listen to it. The show notes. For the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, I'd say about 90% have, have my resources listed. Look at those resources. Read them. A lot of this stuff can be downloaded to Kindle for under $2. Some of it not, but... Oh, and by the way, just as a general aside... And this is aimed at everyone. I don't care if you're set of a contest, um, Vatican II, or Protestant. If you come across on Kindle, let's just say there's a Kindle book running for $7.95. And the hard copy, when I say hard copy, I'm just talking the actual book itself, runs maybe a dollar or two extra. Spend the extra dollar to and get the hard copy. Because I haven't forgotten what I've stated previously. There may come a time when the internet may scrub anything having to do with any of Jesus Christ. The mere mention of, of his personages or his blessed mother may be scrubbed from the internet. And because when you buy off a Kindle, you are subject and termed to Kindle's terms of service anytime that they want to, even though you've given them your money, they can pull the plug and tell you to go pound sand. However much money you've spent, doesn't matter. And for those of you who download the traditional Catholic books, the books that are listed on the traditional, free traditional Catholic books listing on Google, and you're loading it to uh, Drive, and not just Drive, you some of that stuff can go on Adobe. Guess what? You're subject to their terms and conditions, which is why I never get tired about pounding home the truth about masonry running this world. When they decide that there is to be no mention of Jesus Christ, all those, all those companies that you're entrusting 
they're going to yank those butts. Now, unfortunately for the traditional Catholics, a lot of the books, I haven't done a full research, but a lot of the books listed on the free traditional books webpage are out of print. They are literally out of print, which is why in my episode Address the Set of a Contest, I said, if you, if you know how to literally print books, you know, a lot of these books are in the public domain, meaning, now, do your due, due diligence, get yourself a lawyer and check the laws, but if these books are in the public domain, you should be able to print them. There, there's no copyright to buy out. You should be able to print them. So, to anybody within the sound of my voice who consider themselves Catholic, you need to start printing these traditional Catholic books for the benefit of your fellow Catholics. Because when the time comes, when our our internet sources dry up, the only thing that we are going to have are the hard copies of the books that we currently possess. And along with this, I would also urge, print them as cheaply as possible, with as much quality as possible. For those of us who are not working a five-figure job, and may not be able to afford a 50 to $200 copy of a particular book. Um, unless, you know, God's grace or His mother's grace allows us to. There's a certain set of books that I've got my eye on that Lord willing and His blessed mother... I have every intention on getting if I get graced. I have every intention on it. Because these books need to be left for prosperity. Um, maybe I'll get to that subject later because one of the themes to my regular listeners and they'll tell you I talk about this ad nauseum is the great tribulation all I got to say on that particular subject is because I've talked about it with a set of, set of a contest friend of mine and he's saying well you seem to have a sense of urgency what happens if it doesn't happen for 50 to 100 or even longer years longer than that well, I, I'm not claiming to be the mouth of God. I perish the thought. <laughs> I, I would never make that claim. I'm not qualified as a person and spiritually to make that claim. But what I would say is this. Part of the true Catholic teaching is, is we are to live each day as if spiritually, if it were our last day, but always with an eye to the future. Meaning that, let's say my friend is right, and it doesn't happen for maybe 50 to 100 to 200 years. The, the principles that I talk about, as a person might say, ad nauseum, in this podcast, are still the same. You're going to have your your literal resources cut out from under you. And you need, if especially if your parents, you need to have an eyeball about your kids and your family, extended family, that you get as many hard copies of you know pre-Vatican II books as you possibly can. And like I said, for the ones that are out of print, I pray that the Blessed Mother or the Lord Jesus puts it in somebody's heart that who can do this to start printing out hard copies of out-of-print 
pre-Vatican II books that have that their copyrights have expired and they're in the public domain. You know, the, the old cliche, a book is uh, food for a hungry mind. It is a cliche, but there's truth to that cliche. It is. Not to mention the fact, knowledge is power. If you're not having a talk with your kids about, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter when it comes. If it's two years from now, 50 or uh, 200, it does not matter. You need to prepare your immediate family so that they can prepare, if they're given the time, their immediate family, and so on and so forth. How do you think we got Vatican II? Because people took their religion for granted. And might I add, for the pre-Vatican II Catholics, the true religion, God's literal revealed truth. So, as I said earlier in the podcast, for you Protestants out there who aren't allergic to reading, who sincerely want to get to God's truth, I will list the two authors that I listed. And they're still Protestants as far as I'm... Well, I'm sorry. Rodney Stark is still a Protestant. Rob... Rod or Rob Bennett is, is a Vatican II Catholic, but um, as far as I'm concerned, Vatican II, or the Vatican, what I call the Vatican II Church, which you consider the one true Catholic Church... They're just the Protestant front. So he might as well still be in the Protestant church. Lord willing, he will get out of that air. Now, to anybody who may have given me 50 minutes, like it or not, people, you may get sick of hearing this. I got to do this for the sake of the people who are new to this channel. Thank you for listening, even if you disagree with me. And by the way, I don't expect anyone to agree with me, honestly. That's just the nature of the beast. People like me, you know, a lot of times people write us off as cranks. Um, and maybe I am a crank. I'll be honest enough to admit that. But I'd rather be a crank doing what I think is the will of God than a crank who who thinks that the CIA is tapping their fillings in their teeth. By the way, for you younger types, that, that was back in ancient history, that was a common joke among people who thought that a person was being a conspiracy theorist, that they thought that their fillings were being wiretapped by the CIA. Take this for what it's worth. I'm praying for everyone. And I need to include this. I, I had a habit of it and I fell out and I need to get back into this. I do care about you. I care about everyone. And so far, as a failed human individual like myself can. Um, and I'm praying for everybody. So, in closing, thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.